Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. I'm super excited about today's episode because I'm talking with Kaylee Giacome all about choosing your business name, business structure, and trademark. Kaylee and I chat all about different types of business structures to consider when starting your business, along with choosing a business name that will have longevity. We also chat about trademarking and why it's important to trademark certain parts of your business. A little bit about Kaylee is that she is a business attorney and mom of two. In her law practice, Brand Law Boutique, she helps entrepreneurs protect their brands with trademark registration and provides attorney-drafted contract templates for service providers in her shop, Contractista. This conversation is an important first step when starting your business or, if you're like me, thinking about changing your business name a few years in. I hope you find today's episode helpful, but if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Kaylee directly for further assistance. So let's get excited. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited you guys are here. We have a wonderful guest on the line today. Kaylee, can you say hi to everyone? Hi, Janae. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat. How are you doing? I am doing well. How about yourself? I'm good. Better now that we're talking. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pumped about this topic because it's actually something I um, have experienced um, changing. So I'm excited to talk about choosing your business business structure and business name. So I feel like this is such an important um, part of your company before you even get started. So I'm, I'm thrilled you're here to chat about it. Absolutely. You know, it's not the most exciting part of business to talk about or deal with, but if you're just starting out, this is what you should really, you know, focus on and get your ducks in a row now. And even if you've been in business for some time, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't chosen the structure that's right for you or made sure that your business name is available and protected, now is the best time to do that. Exactly. And this is why you're here. (laughs) So before we get started, let's tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started. Yeah. My name is Kaylee Giacome. I'm a business attorney. Um, I've been practicing law for over seven years now, and I've been in private practice for myself about five years. Um, So I work with small businesses mainly. I work with a lot of photographers and then other service providers. In my private practice, I focus on trademark law. So that is protecting your business name, which we're going to talk about. Um, And then I also have a contract template shop. So I I help entrepreneurs with contracts um, and things like that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, actually, it's so funny. I'm in the process, the final stages of trademarking tea with Janae. So it's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm pumped about it. 
<laughs> so let's get started. Let's jump right in with, you know, the basics. I feel like people get nervous about sort of talking about all this stuff, but maybe you can just explain, you know, what are the different types of business structures? Sure. So we'll focus on the ones that you might be considering for your photography business. So the main structures that you might choose between is being a sole proprietor. So that's just you doing business as an individual, a limited liability company or an LLC, or a corporation. So really, a lot of times the difference between um, choosing between an LLC and a corporation is tax considerations and financial considerations. So for the purpose of this conversation, I think it makes more sense to focus on sole proprietor versus LLC, because those are typically the two entities that most photographers and most small businesses really are choosing between. Mm -hmm. So a sole proprietorship is an automatic form of business. You don't need to do anything to become a sole proprietor. You are a sole proprietor automatically when you're offering your services into the marketplace. Now, that doesn't mean that there might not be requirements in your state or even in your county to register your business. You need to look that up in your jurisdiction. Um, don't just look at your state requirements, but also look at the county and business licenses and things like that. But following those local requirements doesn't make you a sole proprietor. You are one automatically. It just makes you a sole proprietor who's following the rules, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Okay. So we're like automatic sole proprietors. I didn't know that. Right. Versus an LLC is you need to form an LLC. You need to go to the secretary of state for your state and form a limited liability company. So whereas when you're a sole proprietor, you are your business and your business is you. An LLC is like you had a business baby. It's a separate entity. It's, <laughs> it's separate from yourself. It's not you. And so there are advantages and disadvantages um, to separating your business from yourself, which we'll get into. But yeah. that is the, the main difference. You actually need to take further steps to form the LLC. Yeah, I remember when I created my LLC and I go had to go through all these hoops and it was it seems so archaic. I'm I'm sure we'll touch on it a little bit, but yeah, I still have to do stuff now for it. So let's talk about the pros and cons of becoming an LLC versus a sole proprietor and, and vice versa. Yeah, so the pros of being a sole proprietor is it's just automatic. You didn't need to deal with, you know, jumping through those hoops, as you say. Um, you don't need to pay any fees to be a sole proprietor. Um, you just are one automatically. So it's very simplistic, um, cost effective, and it's just easy. However, there are downsides as well. So when you are a sole proprietor, there is no legal separation between you and your business. So if your business is sued, you can be held responsible personally. Your personal assets could be on the line to satisfy a, a judgment against you, um, or you may, may need to pay out from your personal expenses to pay a settlement and whatnot. Right. So for most people, that's their home is what they're worried about. They're worried about protecting their home from any business liabilities. Um, however, a lot of people don't think about the flip side of that, especially as a photographer, you probably have assets in your equipment. Mm -hmm. um, and let's say you are sued in your personal capacity. So maybe that is in a car accident. Most of us, you know, drive a lot, maybe not, maybe not you because you live in Brooklyn, but a lot <laughs> of us, a lot of us listeners drive every day. Um, so uh, 
you know, opportunities there to potentially be held responsible responsible personally for negligence in a car accident. And if you are a sole proprietor, your business assets, so your um, your equipment, all your photography equipment could be used to satisfy a judgment against you personally. So there's no separation and that can work both ways. Wow. I didn't um, even, that's the downside. Yeah. Gosh, I didn't even think about that, that someone could personally sue you for yeah like an accident or, or you someone fell or something in your home and then take all your want to go after your equipment right right yeah yeah and we we all know how expensive equipment is <laughs> like it's so much money so yeah. yeah that would be a bummer for sure yeah so the benefit of forming an llc is that you have separation between your personal assets and your business assets so if you are sued in your professional capacity, your business is sued. Um, and let's say as a photographer, you know, you are doing business in person with people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are other service providers, especially in the online space, where their calculation of whether to be a sole proprietor versus a limited liability company may be different because they're not seeing people in person. Mm -hmm. So there's not an opportunity for, you know, you're at a wedding and and grandpa has a few too many and stumbles over your camera equipment and you know you you get the the hypothetical here grandpa's injured and right, claims yeah. that you were negligent and leaving equipment out or putting it in a dangerous place um so all of those things are different when you're doing business in person with people or certainly you know if you have your own studio and people are coming on your property um there are more opportunities for you to be sued so the, all the more reason why you might want to consider forming that limited liability company, which will separate that out. It'll pr protect your personal assets from your business liabilities. Yeah. Now, when it comes to taxes, there are two different options. Now, I, as a disclaimer, I'm not a tax professional. So this is just the basic information when it comes to taxes for LLCs versus sole proprietor. So if you're a sole proprietor already, you probably know that your income, your business income, you know, minus your expenses, that's what you pay taxes on. Um, when you are an LLC, you can choose whether for tax purposes, you want to be treated as a sole proprietor. So still claim that profit, that income um, in your personal income taxes, or you can be treated as an S corp. Um, so that means that you have to put yourself on payroll. So there's definitely more involved there. Um, but just to bring it back to the basics, you can absolutely be an LLC, have that legal protection of the separation, but choose to be treated as a sole proprietor for tax purposes. So that process will be much more simple for you. Mm -hmm. um, now, we don't need to get into an entire tax discussion. I'm sure you can have another professional come and have that discussion. <laughs> but um, when, you know, if you were to choose to be an LLC, um, that choice of whether to be treated as a sole proprietor or be treated an, as an S corp for tax purposes is definitely a conversation you should have with a CPA um, because you need to take into consideration the cost of putting yourself on payroll, all the accounting expenses that are associated with that, and see if the tax benefits of the S corp, um, you know, will even out and it will make sense for you financially. Yeah, no, I love that. We had um, I have an episode with uh, Braden Drake, and he talked all about about this. So for oh, great, purposes, great. So refer guys, to that episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go to that episode. 
But it's so funny that because, you know, a sole pro- a proprietor, you don't have to pay anything, you know, maybe a couple fees here and there. But an LLC, I mean, at least in New York City, in Kings County, where I am, like I had to pay $800 to like put it in a newspaper for eight weeks. I, I have to pay uh, fees every two years. Like, you know, there are more expenses with an LLC, but because, you know, if we own a home or we own property or a car, like I always wanted myself to be separate um, right. because I just didn't want to put my family at risk. Not that anything has ever happened, but I'm a, I'm a worry wart and I just, you know, <laughs> want to be protected and keep my assets. So I, I think, you know, if you own a home, it might be something to really talk about and think about if you want to be an LLC. Um, even though it could be more expensive in the beginning, the benefits, in my opinion, outweigh that minimal expense, you know, just to get started. And just to to touch on that, where you are located is going to um is going to really impact this decision too, in terms of keeping your costs low, because New York will be one of the highest fees in the country. Um, Even in neighboring, even in neighboring (laughs) New Jersey, it's about, um, I want to say currently $150 to form the LLC. You do not need to pay the $800 to publish it in the newspaper. And then the annual fees are around $100 or so. Um, So, I would say that that's probably closer to the nationwide average. Mm-hmm. Um, so in many places, it is very affordable oh, to create an LLC. Yeah. Just in New York, New York City, they, <laughs> yeah. they just get you any way they can. So I had to do, I was like, how much is this? What? <laughs> yeah. But we did, we did it. We did it. So, you know, um, let's talk about your business name. You know, I feel, you know, I can just share my own personal story. So before I, was Janae Kirshner photography. I was Brooklyn View photography. And, you know, the history of that is like, I started when I was uh, 12 years ago, I was afraid of the internet. I didn't want anyone to find my name. (laughs) I was just like, you know, things were different back then. Um, But then I uh, kind of almost immediately or a few years then I said, oh man, I want to change my name. I'm a little worried about it because of my business and all the stuff like this, but I I felt that I was holding myself back. So once I decided to fully change my name and embrace myself, like things have been wonderful, but it's also kind of a headache, you know, like (laughs) to change it. So maybe you can sort of help people avoid that. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about business names. Yeah. So first, you know, whether you, Let's talk about your business name if you're a sole proprietor first, and then if you're an LLC. So let's say you're a sole proprietor. When it comes to your business name, you can use your own personal name, and there are advantages and and disadvantages to that. And if you are using your personal name and you're a sole proprietor, then you generally do not need to register your business name separately or worry about a trademark. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason you usually don't need to register your business name separately is because you don't need a doing business as or or DBA designation. So a DBA or doing business as is what allows you to open up a bank account or receive checks made out to, for example, Brooklyn View Photography, Mm -hmm. if you're just a sole proprietor. So you don't have an LLC. So again, that there's no separation between you and your business, but Brooklyn View, of course, is not your personal name. So that's a situation in which you would need to register a DBA. That's something that you do once. Um, it's very affordable in 
nearly every jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what you would need to consider in that case. Um, if you are a sole proprietor and you're just using your personal name, then you don't need to do anything unless, you know, if you had photography um, at the end of your personal name, then you then you do want to register that as a DBA as well, again, so you can receive funds and checks in that name as well. Gotcha. Now, if you are an LLC, you can, let's talk about the difference between an LLC registered name and a business name or trademark, because they're not necessarily the same thing. Okay. I'll use my business as an example. Right. My contract template shop is Contractista, but the business behind Contractista is just a boring business name, Kaylee Giacome LLC. So the name of the LLC is Kaylee Giacome LLC. And theoretically, I could include different brands under that umbrella. Um, if I didn't want to separate them out. And then Contractista is a DBA of LL of that LLC, if that gotcha. makes sense. Yeah. So it's like a parent company and a and a child company, right? Like kind of like that. It's kind of more like it could be, or it could be an AKA. Okay. Um, because let's say their contractista is all I have, that's it. It's just kind of like the behind the scenes name, if you mm -hmm. will, mm -hmm. would be Kaylee Jack is Kaylee Jack. Jackamay LLC. So you've gone through the process of registering an LLC and you're almost finished with your trademark. Now, when it comes to registering your LLC name, that might be different than your business name. Mm -hmm. So for example, I just you know gave my example of Contractista versus the boring Kaylee Jackamay LLC. Kaylee Jackamay LLC would not be my trademark because it's not what I'm holding out to the world as my brand name. Mm -hmm. Your brand name is what people recognize you by. You can think of it as, you know, the name on your logo, um, you know, what you're, what you're holding out to the world as your business name um, and not necessarily that behind the scenes name. When you go to form an LLC, you will not be able to register an LLC with the identical name as someone else in your state. But that doesn't mean that the trademark isn't available. And it also doesn't mean that just by registering your business name in your state, you have now protected your trademark. I know that's kind of confusing. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we'll just take a step back and talk about what the difference is. So a trademark is a brand identifier. Um, an example would be Nike, or it could be a tagline even, just do it, or the check mark. So those are all different trademarks that Nike has. That when I see Nike, I think of, you know, sporting apparel or shoes. When I see just do it, I think of the same thing in the check mark. I can see it once and immediately I you know, think of the goods that I associate with that. Right. Beyond that, you may also associate an entire brand experience. So let's say you are a Starbucks girl versus a Dunkin' girl. You <laughs> see those different trademarks and there's a different experience. There's a different product, right? That comes with either of those trademarks. It's both, they both sell coffee, but they're different or to coffee lovers, they're very different, right? Mm-hmm. Here's an example of the power of a, a brand identifier, a trademark. My daughter is five now, but when she was probably under two, couldn't even, definitely couldn't read, um, we'd be driving and she would see a red bullseye on a sign and she would point and yell target because even though she couldn't read, that was acting as a brand identifier to her. 
And it, you know, she connected that red bullseye with her experience of going to Target way too often and spending way too much money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> another, another example of the power of a of a brand identifier trademark in a, in a more negative experience was I several years ago. Well, this is really like ten years ago now. I lived in China and we lived in a smaller city, which by Chinese standards was still like bigger than New York City, right? <laughs> But I was in Beijing one day and I was uh, walking down the sidewalk and it was summer and it was really hot. And in the distance, I saw this um, trademark that was green and had like a circle and inside was a green mermaid kind of looking thing. And it seemed like I could make out the words coffee beneath it. So I got really excited. And now you know whether I'm a Dunkin' girl or or a Starbucks girl. Um, (laughs) And so I start beelining for this sign. And as I get closer, I notice that it is a knockoff. It is not actually a Starbucks. You probably wouldn't see this in the United States because they police their trademarks a lot more. But here was a knockoff Starbucks in Beijing. Um, And they didn't have air conditioning inside, which is exactly what I was going there for. (laughs) So that's, again, the power of a, a trademark. It's a brand identifier. Right. That is that a lot of people think of that as their business name, but it might not be your registered business name. Mm-hmm. You could have a registered business name that's really boring, like Kaylee Jacome LLC. And your business name that you're holding out, that's your trademark. So right. that's what you can register as a trademark. So let's say you um you have your LLC name and your trademark or your your brand name is the same. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'll just use contractista as an example. Um, let's say I were to register that as an LLC by do in, in New Jersey. By doing that, I did not protect it as a trademark. By being able to register contractista in New Jersey, all I did was form a limited liability company. And now no one in New Jersey can register a business called contractista. But in all of the other 49 states, they can do that. And it didn't protect me, my intellectual property. It didn't stop anyone from, you know, putting the same kind of account on Instagram or Facebook and confusing my potential customers. Right. So bringing this back to a photography business, if you were to register your photography business and its name as an LLC in your state, that is not going to protect you when you see another Instagram account pop up with the same name um, or so on and so forth. And that could actually confuse consumers. They, they, it could confuse prospective clients who are seeking your services, but they end up somewhere else and thinking it's you. And right. that could be as a result of all of the marketing that you've done. But because there's the same name or even just a confusingly similar name, you lost their business um, by not protecting your trademark. So I know that's a lot of information. I hope that kind of helps to illustrate the difference between a behind-the-scenes business name and a trademark. Trademarking your business name is a much longer process. I know you're going through that right now, yeah. and so you probably noticed that even though it was a little expensive in New York to form an LLC, that it was much quicker to do that than your trademarking process has been. I imagine. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it was eight. I think I do stuff for eight weeks for the LLC. This is a long time ago, so it's a little, don't quote me on it. It's probably changed by now or something. But my trademark, I think we're in month, month eight, 
nine. I mean, it's almost even a year. I feel like <laughs> we're just like waiting um, for the final stages of it. But yeah, we had yeah. a couple, we had a hiccup and then we had a reprocess and then we had a, now we're in approval, the approval stage, but it's definitely, I, I think breaking it down and like, my brain it's like okay you have your llc which could be your boring name and then your business name you know that you put out is forward facing that you put out into the world you you might want to trademark to protect it is that what i'm gathering is that correct correct? okay yeah all right yeah that's what i'm okay i'm on the same page here good (laughs) yeah yep and so let's talk about that who has to worry about or think about trademarking their business name now, if you have, if you are using your personal name as your business name or your personal name plus photography, yeah. then you do not need to worry about that, or you won't need to worry about it until you reach um, a a level of notoriety where basically you're famous, and then you could potentially trademark your name. But most people cannot trademark their personal name, and so in that sense, you don't have to worry about. Um, trademarking your business name if it's your personal name. Now, if you're using a name other than that, like let's just use Brooklyn View as an example, you might want to think about that. And it's not really a matter of how big your business is um, or how much revenue you're bringing in. Of course, you should consider that um, in your budget, but it's really more a matter of how committed are you to this name? Are you committed to this name? Are you building a brand around this name? And do you plan on using this in the long term? Because what you don't want to have happen is someone else start using the same name Mm -hmm. or a confusion confusingly similar name and cause confusion in the marketplace. Um, If you don't have a registered trademark, it's much more difficult to have social media pages taken down um, that are potentially using your business name, or like I said, a confusingly similar one. Um, So Facebook, for example, their customer service representatives are not in the business of determining who has superior common law rights. And common law is the the rights that you'll just acquire by using it first in the marketplace. They want to see who has the federal registered certificate, because then they know this is the person with the superior rights. Um, And so they will ask you to provide that certificate of registration if you are reporting an infringing page that you want to have taken down. So that's really important. Another consideration is if someone else beats you to trademarking the name first, even if you were actually using the name before them, this will create a lot of problems for you. So let's say someone, and just using Brooklyn View again as an example, let's say you hadn't registered that, someone else starts using it, and they apply to register it first. And they haven't even gotten approved yet. They're just in the application process. And for for some reason, you become aware of this or coincidentally, you decide now's the time to register my name and you apply after them. Now you have to wait until a final decision is made on their application before yours will even be reviewed. And as you said, it's it takes quite a long time. Right now, it's taking longer than ever. The system is really backlogged and it's taking at least a year for a application to be approved. Yeah. So you would be in this situation where you're waiting a year until your application is even reviewed, even though you are using the name first. 
Also in this situation, if they were to successfully register the trademark before you, even if you were using it first, now you only have a period of five years where you can petition to cancel their registration so that you can actually have the superior legal rights to the name that you were using first. And that becomes a much, much, much more expensive process and drawn out process than if you had just registered your trademark first. Yeah. Gosh, my heart is like palpitating. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to judge. <laughs> no, no, no. I feel, but it's good information. I feel like if we break it down, like, okay, so if you have, if your company name is your name plus photography, which probably most people are, you don't have to worry about trademarking it. But if you have, you know, and I think I'm a good example here. So I have Janae Kirshner photography. And then I'm trademarking tea with Janae because that is, you know, a brand, a different brand. And I want that to be protected because I don't want anyone else to use it. So I feel like, is that correct? Like, yep, absolutely. Yeah. So those are the things like people listening. It's like, so when you figure out your business name, if you're just going to do your name photography or just your name, you should be fine. Right. Unless you're like become super famous and you're like, I'm only, you know, doing one wedding a year for a million dollars. Like I I, I get it. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. For us regular people, you should be just fine. But if you decide to do a sub, another company under your LLC, um, then you would start thinking about trademarking, right? Yeah. Anytime you're using a business name, you're holding out a brand name that is not your personal name and you are really committed to the name. You know, it is quite a long process as we've discussed. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't, you, I wouldn't do it unless this is the name that you want to use and um, you're committed to that name. And then think about trademarking it before you even get to that point when you're just choosing a business name, um, choosing a business name other than your personal name. So coming up with a a name for your business, um, like you know, Tea with Janae or Brooklyn View, something like that. Yeah, you yeah. want to make sure you do a comprehensive trademark search because even before you get to the point where you're thinking about registering it. You don't want to be in a situation where someone else was already using that name or a confusingly similar name because the standard of trademark infringement is not whether the names are identical, but whether it is likely to result in consumer confusion. So, for example, um, tea with Janae. If someone had already trademarked coffee with Janae and it was in connection with the same services that you provide then they that would be a problem because even though it's tea versus coffee, it's an assessment of are these things confusingly similar? Could someone, if they you know didn't remember with perfect clarity here, tea with Janae or coffee with Janae, and it kind of goes into the same filing cabinet of their brain. Right. That's kind of what consumer confusion is. So when you're choosing a business name, you need to make sure that's available. You could either do a comprehensive search with a trademark attorney and look at all of the um, the federal registrations, the 50 states databases, um, and common law to make sure the name is available. Um, if you are going to do it yourself, then there is a free government resource, um, a database called the TESS, TESS, 
trademark search database. You can just Google it and pull it up. Um, but the, the problem with that is the search engine they provide is just really poor technology. So it tends to only pull up either identical responses or completely off the wall things that you don't even know why I pulled that up. <laughs> so like, honestly, um, so tea with Janae, like, would it pull up coffee with Janae? I don't think so. Or there's a good chance that it might not. Um, so an example that I use a lot is, and you can, you can see how much I love coffee from all of my examples, but um, let's say I have a successful coffee business and I'm going to teach other people how to open their own cafes. And so I call myself billionaire barista and I do a search on this government database and there are no results. So it looks like I'm good. I move forward with the name, build a huge following on social media, billionaire barista. Then a couple of years into my business, I receive a cease and desist letter from billion dollar coffee maker. So those are basically, you know, direct synonyms of, of each word, um, but they're not the same words. None of the words are exactly the same. And the government database is so poor that even though this is a hypothetical, I'm confident it would not have pulled up a conflict like that. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where it comes in handy to work with a trademark attorney to do a comprehensive comprehensive search using special software that uses its AI magic to cross-reference all of those synonyms, the phonetically um, similar words and spelling variations. So you know that the name you're using, you have confidence moving forward with that, that you're not infringing on someone else's because you don't want to be in the situation. And this happens to a lot of people. I have a lot of people come to me because um, they they find a conflict or they receive a cease and desist letter, which is basically a legal threat letter that is telling you you have to stop using your business name because it's the same or too similar to someone else's who was yeah. using it first. Yeah. Um, and then they're in a position where they have to rebrand after they spent all of this time and energy building a following, building an audience, and they're known by this name, they need to reinvent their brand now. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't, you never want to be in a reactive position of rebranding. If you just think, oh, I like this new name and I'm excited about this rebrand, wonderful. But you don't ever want to be in that position because someone else is making you move your piece on the chessboard. I got it. Yeah. No, yeah, you definitely want to avoid that at all costs. So let's talk about tips. You know, like what because I feel like that should be maybe the first thing you like. So first we're going to, so first we covered your business structure, right? We gave tips on like what to figure, what to look at and figure out what you should be and also talk to your CPA and then, you know, tips about your business name. So let's talk about, maybe you could just give tips or starting points for each of those things. So people listening could like, who are just starting out or in this like beginning zone can get on the right path. Yeah. If you're going to conduct your own search, then I would, even though the, the government database is poor, that's where you will pull up the results of registered trademarks. So I would get out a, um, you know, open up a, a document on your computer or get out a pad of paper and a dictionary and start writing out um, synonyms and similar words for the business name you have in mind and different combinations of those words, just really use your imagination as much as you can. If there are words in your mark or in your trademark, in your business name that um, have letters that sound similar to another letter, like a C or a K, 
um, search this search that word was swapping out the C for a K or vice versa um, and conduct searches that way manually on the government database. So you can try to pull up all of the potentially similar results. Um, also, let's say you have a um, you know, a couple words in your trademark, search those individually. Or maybe if you have three words, search the two of them without the last. Mm -hmm. And that will help you to just broaden your search and pull up all of the names that could be um, relevant, you know, to your analysis of whether the name is available or not. Um, and then you also want to search social media. So um, make sure the, the handle is available um, and then use Google. And then I recommend doing two different search engines because you will not get the same results. Um, so try Google, for example, and like duckduckgo.com, do a search on both of those, and that will get you started. Um, now, from there, you might pull up results where you you're not sure if it's a conflict, like you find something similar and you're not sure if it's too close of a call. Um, and that would be a situation where it would be useful to consult with a trademark attorney, you know, or have them run the search um, for you to begin with. I will say that that answering that question of, is there going to be a conflict between these two names? Almost invariably, the answer is more cautious than what your common sense will tell you. So by that, I mean, a lot of times I have someone to come to me and they think, oh, there's no conflict with these two names. You know, a regular person would look at these and they would think they're so different. People aren't going to be confused by these two names. Mm -hmm. But I know from my experience in seeing, you know, refusals and seeing cease and desist letters and seeing, you know, cases decided on that that line is much more cautious than you think. So I see refusals all the time that someone someone comes to me and I agree that it does seem ridiculous that they think there's a conflict between these two names, um, but err on the side of caution. Yeah, love that. So this is this is a lot. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of good information, a lot of um, helpful tips and, and scenarios for people to think about when they choose their business structure and their business name. You know, if, if you could leave listeners with like one thing, like one tip, um, what what would it be? Like where? What would first? I guess and specifically for photographers, like should everybody use their name plus photography, or would you? You know, is what do you think? Um, I, you know, I don't think I, I wouldn't make a generalized um, statement like that. I would say if you're very new and you don't have either the time or money to invest in branding, um, it's, by that I mean, you know, making sure the name is available, um, even thinking about trademarking it, then it's definitely a safer bet to go with with your name. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't want to dissuade people from building a brand because that can also be so powerful. Um, you know, not to get onto a completely different tangent, but <laughs> when you're building a business, it's also important to think about the, the valuation of your business and the future of it. And when your business is only your name, you are tied to that. Mm -hmm. So it makes it much more difficult to sell your business. Um, and maybe that's not something that you're thinking about now, but it doesn't hurt to think about that long game. Um, and building a brand that is not your name can be very powerful. Um, I will also say, just like you have done, you can transition. I think, you know, um, you don't need to be afraid 
that you know whatever business name you start with is the one that you must have forever or this logo that you're designing you know needs to be so perfect because you'll have to use it forever when you're in business for a long time you will find your logo is going to change your website is going to change and your business name may change as well so um no generalized advice for that but i would say my my tip of advice for everyone is do it do it right the first time. Make sure that you have strong contracts. Um, don't do business without one. Um, consult with the CPA about which entity is right for you and what is better for you in terms of your taxes. And if you're going to use a business name other than your name, make sure it is available before you start using it and then think about trademarking that later on. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like I think it's so important because, you know, to 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 start your business, you know, I, here at TWGNA, we are all about tangible tips, actionable advice, you know, really helpful information, and this is so helpful. And I think something people don't really think about, you know, in the beginning, and and maybe make the wrong decision or it's not thought out um, and they get, they feel, you know, like, and I'm a perfect example. If you feel like you're stuck and then you're like, you know what, this isn't right. This isn't me. Um, and then I'm going to change it. So I wanted to have you on so we can help people sort of avoid that mistake or, or, or avoid that sort of like headache, basically not a mistake. It's more of a headache. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, but anything is possible. And this is such great advice. And um, thank you so much for being here. I feel like people are going to listen to this episode and be like, okay, you know, maybe I won't use my name or maybe I feel really strongly about it now. And, and that's what we want. And hopefully you guys found it helpful, but let's tell everybody how they can find out more about you, um, work with you directly and say hello online. Yeah. So you can find me at brandlawboutique.com and over on Instagram at, at Kaylee Giacome. Awesome. And you've got a couple Facebook pages and you have um, Contract Easta, right? Like I do. Is, yeah. What is that? So Contractista, um, Contractista.com is contract templates for entrepreneurs. And we have a whole collection on photography. So wedding photography, portrait photography, um, addendums for your photography contracts, all sorts of fun stuff. Awesome. Yeah. And we know the importance of contracts, especially um, after 2020. <laughs> if yeah. Had, I always If you had a bad one, you, you found out pretty quickly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And um, and on that note, we also have rescheduling agreements because that was a huge <laughs> thing that came up uh, during lockdown. And I would definitely say when it comes to a photography business, your most important investments are your equipment and your contract. Um, everything that we talked about today is very important, but it's almost all second to your contract. You have no business doing business as a photographer without a contract. Yes. And an awesome note to end on. Thank you so much for being here. All this Thank information. You. Yeah, all this information is going to be in the show notes. You guys can swipe on up right now. Click on the links. Uh, file, follow Kaylee on social. Let her know you listened to today's show. If you have any questions, I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. And Kaylee, I hope you come back. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, that's it, you guys. I hope you liked today's episode. I want to shout out 
to Kaylee and say thank you so much for being here. I know this episode was a lot. We touched on a lot of topics. Some can be confusing. I really tried to break it down to be as easy as possible to digest. But again, if you have any questions or you need further assistance, reach out to Kaylee directly. You can swipe on up, click on the show notes, and let her know you listened to today's episode. All right, you guys, I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Talk to you soon.